welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Morning, everybody. Take your seats. Great to be here with you again. Thank you to the worship team. Did an awesome job. If I haven't quit preaching by quarter past, come up and make that's enough preaching music happen, and uh, that'll be good. We had fun on Thursday night. I was we we didn't know how many people to turn up, and all. The fun people turned up. I was, it was great. I'm sure some fun people didn't turn up as well, but that's cool. We had a really, really good time. It's just lovely to spend time with you. Well, invitations of Jesus. I'm just, I'm just really, uh, you know, we're really blessed by have, having spent these couple of weeks with you. Uh, you know, on your on your um, device or whatever, when you try a a product or whatever, they always want you to review it, and uh, you're going to give it five stars, four stars. Would you recommend it to a friend? Um, well, the reality is the five stars for C3 uh, Gosford. I think you guys are awesome. We've met so so with some of you we already knew, but others we've met fresh and. It's just been an incredible blessing. Would we recommend it to our friends? Yes, we certainly would. And uh, you guys certainly have a vital part to play in the church tapestry of the Central Coast. So keep going, keep going strong, and make sure you, when your pastors come back next week, you are all over them. Go over the top until they're saying, enough, enough. And uh, that's because that's where the key lies in that sort of unity. And, and uh, we're so impressed by your team. Uh, worship's awesome. Everybody's amazing. Give me a wave if you're sitting next to a person who is amazing. Yes. Fantastic. Well, we've been doing the um, uh, great invitations of Jesus. And the first week we talked about come to me and have rest, especially rest for your soul. Last week was come to the dinner party. Uh, Today, in just pulling this together, it's going to be a little bit, just a tad more edgy. And the invitation today is to come walk on water. And, uh, you know, there's other invitations went to whoever, highways and byways, whoever you meet, tell them to come into the banquet and so on. And uh, all you who labour and are heavy laden was basically to anybody who's feeling that way. But this invitation is to a particular person and it was to Peter. So we're just going to read the scripture and then uh, pull out of this passage some uh, uh, energising scriptures to live by. How many people are up for that? To keep making a difference in our li- with our lives. So it's Matthew chapter 14. And uh, beginning at verse 23, we're just going to read it through and then uh, we'll, we'll uh, open our hearts to the Holy Spirit 
to shed light on this for us. After sending the people home, Jesus went up into the hills by himself to pray. Just like your pastors. It sort of validates that whole idea of take time out thing because Jesus did it all the time. He didn't, he didn't get wander up to the mountain because there was nothing to do down at the bottom. He, he wandered so he up to the mountain to interact with his father to get strength for the future and that's what your pastors are doing right now and full power to them for that. And night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were troubled far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. Uh, for those of you who, who you know, you, you've been around the Bible for some time, you'll know that four of the disciples were fishermen, kind of used to boats, used to being out on the lake, but eight of them were not. So how's the accountant feeling right now? Probably not so hot. Not so good. And they're out there and they're fighting heavy waves. Verse 25. Then about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if that's really you, give me the invitation. That's basically what he's saying here. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. And when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. I know that this is a, a very familiar passage and uh, there's been great songs written about this incident and, and uh, you would almost think whatever could be said uh, has already been said. But I want you to just tune in again this morning and let your spirit just pick something up here this morning because there is something in this, I think, for all of us. There are two things that will change the destiny of your life, every person's life, two major sources of direction for our lives. Uh, the first one is when stuff happens you, for, to you externally, you didn't order it, you didn't request it, you didn't even expect it, and boom, it's there. It could be the loss of a job, it could be the death of a loved one, it could be any number of things that happen uh, that suddenly come from left field and there it lands right in your life. It is the storm that you didn't expect and it will change your life. You see, I've heard people say, uh, that your life consists of the decisions you make. And I know that there is truth in that. But I know in my own life, and I'm sure in yours, there are some decisions that I have not made that have also impacted my life greatly. So on the, the second thing, it, it is the decisions you make 
usually in response to the, the left field things, for the storm to come. And where we go from that, what we do with that, actually ends up directing the course of our lives. So we're actually talking here this morning about a life-changing event. I want you to think beyond the storm and beyond the water. It actually it represents the thing that happened to you that you just so did not expect and suddenly it landed in your life. We, uh, Joe and I over these last couple of weeks have had a number of conversations with, with some of you, various ones of you, little one-on-ones and, and as part of that we've told each other a little of our life story and I can guarantee you that in almost every case there is something that happened that actually changed the game. And then, you know, we go on to talk about our responses to that and so on. So for walking on water, uh, I want you to think whatever presently seems very unlikely to you, very, very difficult, it's the impossible thing. It's not literally walking on water. Uh, I'm not saying that that can't or won't happen. Um, there was a very uh, clever uh, English illusionist called Dynamo who, uh, how many people saw him walking on water? It was quite amazing. He, they, he did a series on TV a few years ago, I think now. It's, it's probably a bit old hat. But he, uh, he walked across the Thames. And since then, if you Google how he did it, there's, you know, about 15 different versions of how he actually did it. But I know that he didn't really do it uh, unless he was Jesus coming out. I've missed it. Uh, but so it's, it's an illusionary thing. And we talk about walking on water, but we're actually talking about when we survive the impossible thing, the threatening thing. And this... Lesson. This incident, uh, I, I really want to just put it through the lens of one word this morning, and that word is faith. Because in this incident, there is this interchange between Peter and Jesus, and it's all about faith. And he's he, he's he's the guy who gets out of the boat and then gets accused of having little faith. And there's a bunch of other dudes still in the boat. What's Jesus going to say to them? Zero faith, like one star, no stars for faith. And Peter cops the you little you of little faith thing. Uh, so here's a couple of thoughts about this whole incident and um, see what you think about this. I, I, I've pondered on this and allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to me through it, so I'll just pass on to you some of the things that I, I got from it. Number one is it's faith to ask for the invitation. Um, last Sunday, in a in a rush to the head, I invited you all to our place uh, uh, for dinner, and it kind of worked out great. You know, I'm so glad because afterward I thought, "What have I done?" <laughs> but um, uh, the food was awesome. In fact, we think we might do it again this week. Why not? You know, uh, some amazing dishes arrived and we're still eating leftovers, which is cool. 
Um, uh, but here we go with this, this uh, asking for the invitation. Je- Peter says to Jesus, if that's you, give me the invitation. Uh, where's Johnny here? up a couple of the, uh, the offering. I just love the eagerness that you displayed when you're up here. Because what, uh, what you were talking about, I'm sitting there thinking, you can preach the message, Johnny. Go keep going. You're, you're just going great for it. But because it was about an eagerness to be invited. You know, please invite me, choose me, choose me, that kind of thing. And that, that posture, that attitude to the things of God is the attitude that will produce miracles in your life. It will be the game changer when you are shouting out to Jesus, choose me, please choose me, instead of, oh, wow, I hope he doesn't notice me back here. And Peter had that element, which is why he actually saw the game right through to the end and did incredible things and was there because uh, uh, one of the other invitations that I was thinking about, I thought I might have done it this morning, but was that incident uh, where after the resurrection, Jesus actually turns up on the beach and cooks breakfast for them and these guys are all, oh, I'm going fishing, it's all over, you know, it's not going to happen anymore the way we thought and they're all they're going through this emotional slump of disappointment and whatever and then they see this smoke arising from the barbecue on the beach and Jesus says to them, come and eat. And there's fish and bread and whatever and that, that would have been a great invitation. If I ever come back here, I'll do that one. Um, uh, and, uh, but Peter then, then there's this incredible uh, in, interaction between Jesus and Peter where, uh, you know, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And and. There's this amazing restoration thing. You see, we, we can all mess up. We can all produce our own disappointments in ourselves. And, and Peter was so conscious of the fact that he had denied the Lord and all this sort of stuff. But Jesus, he looks into Peter's eyes and he thinks, no, I like what I see in you. There is an eagerness in you. There is a choose me in you that will not go unrewarded. And so he, Jesus is very very adamant and, and, and uh, unrelenting in saying, no, I am going to restore this guy. He is going to have another go. And that might even apply for you as you're sitting in church this morning. If you're conscious that you tried something, it didn't necessarily work out. You know, God is looking to your heart and he says to Peter, you know, if you love me, go feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And he, and he restored Peter to a, an incredible place in the, in the church. It's about becoming proactive. And uh, we had friends uh, uh, stayed with us once and they had a dog and it was a, a border collie and it was energetic and uh, a, cute, a cute sort of dog. But we're not really dog people, but I was kind of all excited having a dog on the property. I thought, I'll take this dog for a walk. And uh, how many people know that was a very foolish decision? <laughs> But anyway, so I did, and uh, I, got a, I got a lead, and we were only up at the end of the street when I discovered that I was not taking that dog for a walk. 
it was taking me for a walk. And uh, so I'm like this and the dog's out there saying, well, there's another telegraph pole up there. I just need to come on. Come on, John. Come on. I've got to get there. And he's straining against this thing. And the, 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 if you take that picture and you say, is God taking you for a walk or are you taking God for a walk? How does that... How does that, who is the one that's out there straining at the bit? Well, in Peter's case, it was Peter. He's sort of saying, choose me, God. I just so, if that's you, invite me to walk on the I want to give this thing a go, as unlikely as it, as it may seem. And it can apply to almost anything. Um, one of the great storms, in, and this will just expand your thinking of what a, what a storm could be. I went through a period in my life where I had a storm of boredom. And I know that that's maybe an unusual two words to put together. But I had a good job and I was okay. I reckon I was going to say okay at it. I was awesome at it. Um, and, uh, and it was enjoyable up to a point. But it wasn't fulfilling the way it used to be. And I went through this period for a couple of years where this thing built up, built up, built up. Then it was kind of like a storm of boredom that I knew would actually send me into depression probably somewhere down the track. And, and I began to actually cry out to God, choose me, choose me. This very thing, I started to lay hold of God. There's got to be something more for me. Uh, because I do not want to go through the rest of my life feeling like I am now, not feeling that, that I'm, I'm fulfilling the purpose on my life. That, perp, that thing was starting to ebb away and I got to a stage where I didn't want to live that way anymore, sort of feeling like every day was going to be ho-hum and repetitive and so on. And I got to a point where I really did step over that line and started to to call out to God, I wonder if that's what you need to do today. I wonder if there's somebody here in church this morning when you think, uh, 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 you know, when you, uh, I'm, I'm outlining and I'm only really giving examples from my own life, but you know that you can apply it in, in many, many ways to actually become proactive. Ask and keep on asking, Matthew 7, 7 says, and you'll receive what you ask for. Proactivity, eagerness. The Apostle Paul talked about a lot about eagerness. And you know that you can attend something with less than eagerness. It's kind of like you're slow to get ready, you're slow to get in the car, you're tending to be a bit late. It's kind of like, do I have to? Do I have to? And as parents, we get a lot of that from our kids. But every now and again, in a scary moment, you actually recognise it in yourself as well. I'm, I'm hanging back here. I'm actually not, uh, you know, pushing forward like I ought to be. And that's what Peter did. And wow, I love that guy for that. I, I think he's over the side of the boat and he's saying, if that's you, Lord, I, I want to hear you. Give me an invitation to come. Everything we get from God, we get by grace through faith. And Peter knew that he had little faith. He, he wasn't saying, you know, I'm, I'm the, the, the faith dude around here. All he was saying was, I want to be part of this game and I don't want to live life in a boring, repetitive pat pattern. I want to do something awesome. And he asked the Lord for it. Hebrews 6 
11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is stretching for what... I, I know that I'm talking to people in the C3 movement, which I, I regard as one of the great faith movements uh, in, in our nation and around the world now. And uh, your founding pastors, Phil uh, uh, Pringle, it's probably his life message, faith. And I've, I've sat under Phil's teaching and preaching on faith because it's... And I, we went to uh, C3 Church when it first started because we lived down on the northern beaches. And it, when it was in Thoo Parade or something called that, it was just an old warehouse thing. And there was just a bunch of surfers in 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 that first church. But I, I, I could see when I listened to... Pastor Phil preached, I could see that beyond what was there, he was straining, he was saying, choose me, God, invite me, God, to something greater. And it was that, not only what he said, but his demeanour and his attitude to what God could do was impacting for me. And I thought, I want to catch a part of that. When uh, uh, we started our church up at Charmhaven, uh, that was above all else what I was praying for. Uh, God, I don't want to be satisfied in going up and just helping a few, uh, you know, welfare-dependent people to survive life. I actually want to see you do something amazing. And that is what I'm challenging you for today. What is it in your life that has settled for the less than amazing? And could it be that God is challenging you today to to actually push the proactive button and say, if I dream the dream, if I dared to dream the dream, and I suppose in some ways I'm preaching to each of you individually and to myself, but I'm also preaching to you as a church. The Central Coast needs you. It needs you to be a people who are, uh, who are straining at the invite me, invite me edge of things, not hanging back not just being content with the way things are, but dreaming for the greater thing. And I'm at this last uh, chance that I've got to share with you this morning. I hope you don't mind, but I'm actually urging you because not only do I know you need it, the kingdom needs it, the central coast needs it, and the kingdom of God needs it. There's treasure in this church and it's, had, it's got potential yet to be fulfilled. And uh, I suppose you could say that at any time, at any place, but particularly I'm, I'm saying it today. Je the apostle said to Jesus on one stage, show us how to increase our faith. And Jesus talked to them about the grain of mustard seed. The second thing, so his first, first thing is to actually be proactive. Adopt the eager choose me option. When you come to church and everything that you do in church and so on, and I'm not saying that to, to imply that I'm not seeing it because I do see it everywhere and a lot of you totally are on display here with it. Everything that's happened has just been amazing. The second thing is to have faith to hear Jesus' voice. We've got a lot of voices happening in our ears at this stage 2018 Central Coast, 
there's a lot of voices happening. There are political voices, there are social media voices, there's people telling us that this is the truth, there's people saying, no, it's not, and whatever, and there's voices happening everywhere. In these guys' case, they had the roar of the storm, they had the voice of their companions, and Peter had the voice of his companions saying, oh, we're doomed, it's a ghost, you know, petrified people around you, faithless people, actually giving their opinions of what should be happening or what's wrong with the church or whatever, all of those voices. And Peter had the tuning capacity to bypass all of that and to hear the voice of Jesus say, I'm in this thing. Come on, Pete, have a go. Put everything else aside, above the roar of the waves, above, above the doubters, above the, the scaredy cats, there is a voice that says, come on, we're, we're about to see something amazing happen here. And he was able to focus, take, don't be afraid, take courage, I'm here. To hear Jesus first, we need to shut out a lot of other voices around us. You know, sometimes our biggest problem is that we're listening to too much. Uh, sometimes we need to actually switch the news off. Sometimes we need to limit uh, input into our, our senses by, by what we read and what we're listening to and so on because if there are things that sabotage faith, if there are things that will make you pull back instead of lean forward, then we've really got to monitor that, those things. Nobody else is going to do that for us. We've actually got to take a step to say, you know what, that thing is actually holding me back. It's making me less proactive and so I'm not going to do it anymore and whatever that does applies to you, do it. Um, we know, you know, cynicism, doubt, doubt, criticism and these things will actually activate fear and retreat in us and we don't want it the third thing is faith to act you know james he lays it out in his little book at the end of the new testament and he says faith without works is dead and really in the end it didn't matter what peter was hearing he had to get that leg over the side of the boat and actually begin to do something and uh, you know we can we, we can sit in church and we can have our hands in the air and we get lost in the presence of God and it's all awesome. But somewhere along the line, there's a stepping over of the edge into the scary bits, which is tomorrow at work, in a bunch of people who don't know God and are hostile to the things of God and you go into that place knowing that God is going to be with you and you're not going to sink and you're going to walk on that thing and uh, see amazing things happen. It's actually faith to act. Faith grows by being put into action, and all faith is risky. If, you, if we're doing something that we can't fail in, then it's not really faith, because faith is risky. Is that right? It takes, there's a risk in it and to do that uh, is to step out and, and say, come on, let's have a go. What's the worst thing that can happen? Well, you'll drown. Oh, yeah, that could be a problem. Um, <laughs> but seriously, we retreat uh, far too much. Um, 
And then Peter gets into the into the boat and and Jesus says to him, like he takes his eyes off Jesus and sinks. We, we know that bit. Lord, save me. Jesus reaches out and grabs him, brings him into the boat and says to him, it's just a moment, I just think, how could that happen? It shouldn't be there. But Jesus says to him, you of little faith. And I feel like saying to Jesus, it's just he's up here a bit, you know, like this is the dude that's out out of the boat. But you know what I love about Peter with this particular incident? when Jesus actually accuses him of having little faith, more than any other disciple, Jesus gave offence to Peter. There was another time where he turns to Peter, who was probably his, his most eager, come on, let's go for a walk kind of eager, um, and he says, get behind me, Satan. And yet right to the end... Peter says, I'm not going anywhere. And uh, uh, he's still there being restored after the, after the resurrection and on the day of Pentecost. He's up there preaching under the power of the Holy Spirit. Who's doing that? It's the guy with the little faith. I think, what is it with this guy? You know what I think the key is? Peter just refused to be offended. He actually made a decision somewhere along the track. You can say anything to me, Jesus. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to be offended. Lay it on me. Yeah, you're probably right. I have got little faith. Uh, Yeah, I probably, in that thing I said, that probably was a bit satanic. So, yeah, you're probably right. I probably. And he just wore the whole lot, just kept on wearing it, wearing it, wearing it, wearing it until on on the day of Pentecost. Who is the guy? that preaches till 3,000 people get saved. It's the guy who refused to be offended. And, you know, what I've I, you know, been around church life for a long time. I've had hundreds of reasons to be offended. I reckon I've offended a lot of people, uh, uh, which is a lot more fun, but, uh, but, but it's, it doesn't actually help, uh, really. But ha- what a treasure it is when you find somebody who says, you know what? I am just not going to be offended. And uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, not in, in this setting, but from an, another setting completely, and they were, say, they were telling us about this incident where somebody had said something offensive to him. It was a guy telling us this story. And he said, oh, I was really shocked when they said that. And, and uh, then they came to me afterwards, he said, and they said to me, I hope you weren't offended by what I said and I said no you know he said as I fumbled around with it and I didn't want to admit that yes I was offended so he said oh no that's okay that's okay but he went away afterwards he said uh what you said to me was offensive and you probably shouldn't have said it but you know what I'm going to make a decision not to be offended I really loved him telling me that story I thought well go you because you will keep on going and long after that little incident has been and gone and forgotten, you'll still be in the game. And I think that is, that is an incredible thing to, to say that uh, every one of us now, right at this moment, has less faith than we could have in the future. Is that true? I, I kind of think it is, you know. I know some of you may say, no, I've maxed out on faith. 
well, good for you. <laughs> I'd like to hang around you a little more and see if I can. But I kind of feel like even, you know, at my age, I've, I've still got some growing to do in faith. That's why, one of the reasons why I think Peter knew that too. That's one of the reasons why he didn't take offence. He probably thought, yeah, I am. I'm just beginning this game. I have got little faith. I reckon he had a bit more on the day of Pentecost. I reckon between this incident and Pentecost, his faith had, had ratcheted up quite a few notches. So now he's standing and proclaiming the, the gospel and then, uh, you know, beyond that to the birth of the church and the expansion of the church and the periods of persecution and whatever, his faith just went from strength to strength. I wonder if your faith is like that, a growing faith, a faith for every generation. I was did a little bit of research because, we, you know, you get kids' Bible storybooks. How are we going for time? Oh, yeah, I'm just about done this morning. Um, kids' storybooks always make the disciples look like they're about 50. <laughs> In fact, you would be, make a great disciple. Like you, um, no, you're not 50. Yeah, I know they're not saying that. Uh, <laughs> but the beards, you know, it's kind of... It could be all in the fish and... You know what, I, I did some research. I discovered that in this particular incident that there would have been nobody on the boat uh, over probably about 20. They were all young guys. Most of them were friends of Jesus. Well, Jesus was 30-ish at this stage and most of the, most of the disciples were younger than him. Um, they... They probably were old enough to grow beards, <laughs> but they weren't old dudes. And, you know, so what does that say to me? I, I, I think we've got to believe in the next generation. We've got to actually raise up the people who we think are not ready yet. We've actually got to be a bit forgiving of them when they, you know, miss the mark or whatever and say good on you that was awesome have another go kind of thing rather than no oh, you're never getting up there again you know you messed it all up uh, and then to actually keep progressing so that you never outgrow the growing of faith I, I, I kind of I'm 77 I'll be 78 um, before the end of the year um, it's 10 years now since we actually passed our church on but, you know, Joe and I talk about this a lot and we actually want our faith to keep growing right until the day we pass over and, and go to be with the Lord. We, we don't want to actually be those old dudes who don't need faith anymore. We actually needed a certain amount of faith to, to say yes to Christian Ruth to come because right at the wrong, right at this time, we had our own version of a storm and Joan had an operation on a foot and... I went in and had an operation on my heart and that all, that all happened while we've been here. And it would have been so easy to say, look, we're old, we're trying. <laughs> I reckon I could have made the excuse sound really good. But I could, I could hear the Holy Spirit saying, don't be a turkey, get in there and have a go. Get in there, have a go. watch it, I'll, I'll be there with you. And I believe God has been with us. 
And I hope you've been a blessing to us. I trust that in some ways we've been a blessing to you and God's done something amazing. But it would have been so easy for us to pull back. And there are some of you even now are thinking about pulling back. Uh, and I'm not only saying that because it's the Holy Spirit has just dropped that into my heart. I, I've never talked to anybody that's expressed that or anything like that, but I know that those thoughts can be there. But I, I would say to you, no, extend your faith. You know how your faith grows? By saying yes to something that after you've said it, you say, what have I said? <laughs> and that actually happened a little bit last, last week when I get up and invite the whole church. I'm driving home and thinking, what have I done? You know, kind of... And it actually pushed us, uh, Joan made me vacuum the house because you lot were coming. And it actually, actually, because she was saying, we don't want them to think we live like in a pigsty and so on. You've got to try and fix the house up. And, and, uh, but it was actually good. What, what I actually have discovered, this is my own, my own little thing, I've got now into the habit of saying yes without thinking too much. Sometimes we overthink things. You keep thinking about it, you'll end up saying no. And I've discovered that it's better to say yes and then figure out how to get there in the end. And then when you do, we so enjoyed Thursday night. Like it was, kind of, it was cool. We, and after you all went, we sat there thinking, what, what great people, how awesome was that? We're so blessed to have had them here and all that kind of stuff. And it was all because I said yes when I shouldn't have. So, <laughs> so don't be so inclined to say no. And don't be so inclined to draw back and live in the safety zone of life because there's no fulfilment there and there's... There's no ultimate growth in faith there. Faith actually grows when you exercise it and stretch it and get in where it's deep and have some waves crashing over you. That's when faith actually grows. And so I'm encouraging you to do that. And when it comes to church life here, when Pastor Chris and Ruth come back, let your conversation and your response to them more readily and more energetically and more uh, enthusiastically be yes, yes, let's go do it. Because you've got no idea what that does to the heart of a pastor when there's an enthusiastic yes response from people. It actually makes all the difference. So I encourage you to do that. I know that we've all got different temperaments and some of us a little bit more nervous and I get all that stuff, but just push, push over the edge just a little bit. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. And if you're uh, of the opinion that you've done your dash, you've served long and hard and now it's time for me to have a rest, I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. <laughs> and find a way, find a thing that you can say yes to and see God doing amazing things. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.com dot net